I'm joined today by Wynne Robbins, one of the independent members of the St James's Place Investment Committee. Wynne joined the committee in October 2012. She's got more than 30 years experience in financial services, primarily in the fixed income market. Wynne, hello to you. Hi Chris. Wynne, interest rates have been at 0.5% since, uh, since the back end of 2009 and even if they were to, to be increased it's probably going to be slow and, and, and gradual. Do you think that means the environment for, for investing in fixed income markets has fundamentally changed? Um, I think you're right. Um, as you mentioned I, I've spent a very long time in these markets and I would say that for that entire period um, it's been a golden era for fixed income in that we've seen steadily decreasing rates which mean bond prices have risen and largely credit spreads have also narrowed over that period which has further supported the prices for um, corporate bonds um, and now following the the, the credit crunch um, we're now experiencing historically low levels of interest rates so it's fair to say that we're at a point where rates cannot go much lower and credit spreads are unlikely to come in much further from where they are so these big returns that we've had um, particularly in the last few years from fixed income just can't be sustained because um, there's nowhere else for rates to go so therefore prices are unlikely to keep on rising however that said um, you know, we can still expect to collect the coupons. Um, you know, uh, governments and corporations are largely healthy and can service their debt. So we're, we're in a lower rate environment, but um, uh, still we'll be getting income from, from the bond market. As you say, we're also at a point which is worrying in, in many ways, that the interest rate cycle is now about to turn and we're expecting um, higher rates going forward. But we are at a point where we're just coming out of probably the worst recession that we've seen for many, many years. So governments are going to be very, very cautious when they raise rates. Um, and they're going to do it in very uh, considered, small, incremental, and probably sporadic amounts. Um, and they're also going to do it when they're very confident that the economy is sound, which, which is good for credit spreads, because if the economy is sound, then, then it means our, our companies within the economy are sound. So that's all supportive of bond markets. And I, and I really feel that we're at a point now where when we get that first rate rise out of the way, that will be good for the market because it will remove some of the uncertainty. Um, and also, um, going forward, you know, if we get one or two more rises, we'll have healthier levels in the yield curve and, and better prospects for, for better returns going forward. But, but given that you say that, that, that the interest rate increase cycle is likely to be relatively slow, that still means yields are fundamentally low. Does that mean that for private investors, they've got to, uh, who, who, private investors who are seeking income, they've got to seek access to what could have been described as more esoteric parts of the fixed income market um, prior to this point? Well, you know, markets are evolving and developing mm. continually, and, and what we used to think was esoteric now becomes more mainstream. And you could argue that in the past, where we got much healthier levels of income from the market, then, there then it wasn't necessary to, to sort of go away from the vanilla uh, investments. But actually, I, I think it's a very good thing to explore all avenues for return, um, because th these different avenues add diversification to a portfolio. 
and I think the, the very interesting thing about the fixed income market is that it offers strategies for returns you know, far in excess of what's available in, in the equity market. So let, let's take a, just one company, for example, let, you know, a large company, something like the Ford Motor Company, that has one equity and in one currency. But Ford has issued multiples of bonds, hundreds of them, in, in different uh, maturities and different currencies. And all of those offer a different risk reward profile. Additionally, um, many governments issue bonds and they don't issue equities. So if you're a, a fixed income fund manager, uh, you know, you've got the opportunity to exploit those differences in relative values and you know, also uh, even, even just between companies or even the same company's bonds or, and, and also between different economic outlooks for different different countries. And that's, what, and that's the way in which the, the, the developing markets, uh, what could have been perceived as being esoteric, actually become more mainstream perhaps. Yeah, it's much more about exploiting relative value rather than uh, your typical buy and hold portfolio that one might have been accustomed to having in the past. Uh, and why for an investor does that not mean that, that actually their investments become more risky? <laughs> um, well, let, let's think about things about risk. I mean, you know, the main thing about risk is we need to understand uh, and, and to ensure that we're not taking uncompensated risk. I mean, there, as you know, there's no reward without risk. Um, but as long as we are fully compensated and we understand the risk um, and we're not getting into strategies or asset classes where um, the, the risk is not adequately rewarded, then actually that's a healthy thing for the portfolio because by adding these new asset classes and strategies, we're actually adding diversification. So at the portfolio level, we're actually reducing risk. So, so for an investor, it's that additional flexibility that, that, that makes these attractive options to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And from the investment committee's perspective, Wynne, um, how do you perceive both your role as a fixed income expert on the investment committee, but also the investment committee's role in, in monitoring um, uh, funds that, that, that access strategies that are, that are newer to the market? Well, first and foremost, you know, we need to ascertain that, that the fund manager that we choose has the correct skill sets for exploiting the strategy. You know, we need to examine the strategy itself to make sure that it's proven over time and that it will continue to work going forward. Um, we also need to make sure that, that the fund manager understands and can explain the risks that they're taking so that we don't end up, as I mentioned before, in, in, with uncompensated or unexpected risks in the portfolio. Um, and we need to know that they can articulate that risk and can report on it in a timely fashion both to our consultants and to the investment committee. Um, and normally what we would require is um, a risk monitoring process within that asset management firm that sits outside of the fund management team. And so it's this extra level of oversight and yeah. control. And clearly that comes in uh, at the selection stage, but also it forms part of our ongoing uh, monitoring. Of, of so to some extent, you know, whilst these are newer markets that we're trying to, to access, it's the same old story of select, monitor, uh, and, and uh, where yeah. necessary change. Absolutely. When uh, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. 
where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.